0: Use my little congested nose. I am just recovering from a little cold. So um, if you hear the snort blowing around in my nose, I apologize. <laughs> Hello, my loves. Before hopping into this episode, I just wanted to put a little trigger warning in here that this conversation will contain themes of childhood sexual harassment. So if you don't want to hear about that, please skip on to the next episode. Love you. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to Safe Space with Kira Graves. My name is Kira Graves and I am your host of this wonderful, lovely safe space that we have created together to talk about all the vulnerable, Maybe icky things about life that we maybe feel like we can't talk about with other people, but this is our little meeting ground of safe spaces right here. I know it always helps to have, you know, someone else that can relate to you. The worst thing is feeling like you are alone in all of this. So, this is what I plan to do with this podcast. My little vulnerable uh, story that I'm going to be talking about today is my relationship to sex right now. We're going to be talking about sex, baby. And if you follow me on YouTube, you know I do a lot of queer sex ed videos. I love spreading the news, spreading the good news, the word of the Lord about queer sex, (laughs) lesbian sex. (laughs) Um, And I'm really passionate about talking about sex, masturbation, queer sex, just because growing up especially being catholic it was the most looked down upon subject especially between two women oh my god like that wasn't even talked about at all the messages i got growing up about like lesbians and queer sex was that it was only for porn fantasies basically like it's for people's dirty, disgusting sexual fantasies that they can go watch on Pornhub for free and, you know, get their fantasy fulfilled there. And it was always seemed as like a, you know, very objectified act, very sexualized in a negative light. And that's not what it is. I've always had like a pretty decent sex drive. Once I realized that I was queer, I was like, all right. <laughs> who can I, who's pussy can I eat out today? (laughs) No, okay, it wasn't like that. But I was definitely like really into topping, still am. And I always found that to be more appealing than receiving pleasure. I've always been like that. This isn't just a new thing. But I do find that I, over the last few years, have decreased interest in receiving pleasure pretty much ever since the pandemic, I want to say. Before that, I feel like I was pretty comfortable with receiving. But then again, I wasn't as self-aware and in my body as I am now. I think that I had dissociated to a certain degree when I used to have sex. Before, you know, this healing process and before my kind of spiritual journey started, I don't feel like I was fully present in sex. Which is interesting because I thought I was and I feel like there were certain sexual experiences where I was and I was really present and really feeling everything. But most of the time I was not. It almost just felt like something to, you know, just do for the sake of the end goal. I don't feel like I really got fullness from sex. Only now. I feel like I am. I am experiencing that. But let me just let me just explain this because this is sounding like a jumbled up mess. Um, in the last episode, episode five, I kind of talked about an experience I had back in November, where I really connected to my inner child and all of my deep pain and hurt that I had been kind of covering up for the past twenty three years. In that moment, it all came rushing in, and I started to connect with my full self, the darkness and the light, but mostly the darkness, <laughs> the dark, the deep dark. And I actually became a little bit more uncomfortable with sex after that experience because sex is an extremely vulnerable experience, whether you're doing it with a partner that you've been with for 10 years or you're having a one night stand or you're doing it with yourself. Sex is extremely vulnerable. These are the parts of your body that are the most hidden and, you know, they've also been the most shamed. Throughout the years growing up, you know, all of the dialogue and stories we've been taught around sex have been, it's first of all, for, you know, married couples, (laughs) at least in the Catholic faith, for married couples and for heterosexual couples and only for making babies. And anything outside of that was inherently wrong, right? Anything outside of that narrative, inherently wrong, according to the Catholic Church. And this is what I've been taught. I think what I realized is that I actually have still a lot of sexuality trauma concerning my sexuality, you know, my queerness and my femininity and my connection to my female body. All of that has really been, like I've been coming into that and really like experiencing that for what it is in the past six months and because before that I felt first of all this is gonna be probably a really jumbled episode and I apologize in advance but this is kind of just stream of consciousness um so I don't I don't really know if I talked about this online but for the past two years I have been hiding my body and my existence from the world because I've been very, very scared of being a female in this society that fucking shuns females to the grave, pretty much, right? I've also been sexualized heavily as a young person beginning probably in my childhood And I've been sexualized very disturbingly by some men that were really close to me growing up, especially when I was going through puberty. So, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, I had a man that was very close to me that was living with me who was much, much older than me, maybe 40s, 50s, who I know was sexually attracted to me. I know that now. He was a bit of a predator and I spent a lot of time with this man and it really made me turned off from my own female body because that was like the first fucking message I got going through puberty coming into my, you know, adult female body was that you're just for me to fucking look at. You're just for men to fucking look at, right? You're just for men's pleasure, This body, yeah, it means nothing, except for men's sexual pleasure. That is the fucking message I grew up with. And I had to live with this man for quite a few years. I wanna say four years. And the thing is, the really sad thing about it was that I I didn't mind the attention because it was more than any attention from any male I've ever gotten in my life. So I kind of just accepted that that was the kind of treatment that I deserved. And that was the kind of treatment that I would always get into my adult years. And the energy was predatory. The energy was objectification. The energy was disgusting, perverted, and pedophilic. Pedophilic? Is that the right word? Basically, in in how I felt interacting with this man, I do believe that he was a pedophile. Oh god, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot to say. I only re- came to this realization in the past couple of months and it was a really pivotal realization for me because You know, I'd always been like, why am I so disgusted by my female body? Other than, you know, obviously the societal messages around females, the sexist and misogynist messages growing up that we were just inherently exposed to. But I felt like there was something deeper, and I feel like that was one of the main things that was really affecting me still to this day was this man that I was living with. I was spending a lot of time with him in my home, and other places and basically i was supposed to be under his care and although he he was you know very kind to me he did express a lot of kindness towards me that i hadn't gotten there was an underlying sexual energy that no middle-aged man should ever express towards a 13-year-old girl It's been a good thing, the realization, but it's also been a really painful thing to realize. Since the pandemic, like I said, I have been under extreme amounts of fear, as much of the world has been. However, when my biggest fear finally surfaced, um, I think it affected a lot of things in my emotional state. And I think that one of these things is my sexuality. Let me just say I have not had a huge sex drive in the since the pandemic. I have not really had the desire to have sex. I have, but it comes in waves, right? It's very it's very occasional. It's been too scary, and it has nothing to do with my partner, but it has everything to do with me and how I feel about getting vulnerable with someone else. And I, I actually talked to my therapist about this a while ago, uh, a couple years ago. I was like, hey, like, why don't I have a sex drive? It's kind of weird, like, with anyone. Like, I don't even want to masturbate, right? And she said that she had read a couple studies that said um, there had been a, a decrease in people's libidos over the pandemic. So that kind of made me feel better. But it's still going on, right? It's, you know, the pandemic's over, right? I mean, in my head it is. But the sex drive is still not there. And I don't know what it is. I do think that it's a combination of what I've just talked about. The fear of the pandemic, first of all. And my feelings about my body really coming to a head. So... I realized I had body dysmorphia. I was a competitive dancer, and that was a lot on my body image. I always felt like my body wasn't the ideal dancer's body, that I didn't look like the other dancers. I wasn't as skinny or as pretty. I was a lot more muscular, a lot more thick than the other dancers. Plus, everyone else knows, if you grew up in the time that I grew up, and even millennials, how the media has portrayed female bodies and how it just in (laughs) I feel like it's affected every young woman out there so it was the body dysmorphia it was the you know realizing that man in my life was sexually attracted to me and I was a child it was the trauma I've endured surrounding my my queer identity how I felt like The whole world, including parts of my family, had rejected me for my sexuality, which is why I created a YouTube channel and started talking about queer stuff because it was a way for me to feel better about my queerness. It was a way for me to connect with more queer people online and to actually receive validation from people, that validation that I wasn't getting in my family. That trauma is definitely held in that area of my body, in the genitals, because it's your sexuality, right? It's who you're attracted to, it's who you have sex with. It affects everything. All of that trauma compounded in my sacral chakra, which is the chakra that lies just below your belly button, that represents your sexuality, pleasures, desires, creativity. I'm kind of just now breaking it open and dissolving the pain by shining the light of awareness on that pain. And this episode is actually really helping me to really talk through all of that. And thank you for listening. Moral of the story is, if you have had a lower sex drive because of the pandemic, because of fear, because of sexual trauma, that is so fucking valid you are not broken and your sex drive is not lost but I do believe as you work on those things and as you shine awareness on those things and you're able to really look at what happened to you and have compassion for what you went through I truly believe that you can start to dissolve that pain associated with sex especially receiving pleasure I found that it's been mainly difficult for me to receive pleasure I haven't had difficulty giving pleasure Um, I find that I'm a lot more comfortable in that role. Um, I'm also very quick to help and give of myself, but I'm having a harder time receiving. And I do think that all of those things that I just mentioned had to do with how I'm feeling right now about sex. And it's not fun, but I'm trying to stay positive about it. And I'm trying to tell myself that your connection with your sexuality will come back. And it is coming back. I do feel it slowly coming back. Even the sexual interactions I have with my partner now are completely different. They're a lot more intentional. They're a lot slower, more gentle. Um, there's a lot more, you know, consent along the way, being like, is this okay? How are you feeling right now? A lot more communication. Um, and so I feel like it's it's really moving in a, in a wonderful direction, but it is happening very slowly. Because sex is a lot more than just munching on that carpet. Sex is a lot more than just flipping that bean. It's a lot more than the physical is what I'm trying to say. It has to do with your emotional body and your pain body. If you've read the power of now you know what the pain body is but basically it's just your energy field that contains all of the experiences that you've been through both positive and negative and how that stays with you throughout your life and that's why it's super important to you know start healing a little bit of that because it will affect it will trickle into your life in places that you don't want it to I'm I'm learning that sex is sacred. I'm learning that it's a divine act to really connect with your higher self and your partner's higher self. And it's really, you know, the union of both of your spirits, not just your flesh, but your spirits and how beautiful that love can be. So I'm kind of, I'm seeing sex in a whole new light now as I'm healing my sexual traumas. And it's really beautiful. That is all, that is all for today. But I really hope that you got at least one thing out of this episode. I know it was fucking cathartic for me to talk about these things. And the fact that this is going online is fucking insane because it's very vulnerable for me, but I am practicing being more vulnerable Because I feel like it's beautiful. Vulnerability is beautiful, especially online. And I hope that in me getting vulnerable, it allows you to feel like you are safe to be vulnerable with yourself as well. Thank you so much for listening, my dear loves. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you in my next episode. I'm going to go blow my nose because I feel like I have a lot of drainage right now. Literally right when I start recording this podcast, so much fucking drainage. Okay. Anyways, you don't want to hear about my drainage. (laughs) I love you so much. I will see you next week.